Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Giant Splash. I'm Henry Schulman, the Giants beat reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle. And in this episode of the Splash, we talk to Giants radio voice Dave Fleming, who, hard to believe, is 43 years old and in his 17th season with the club. We'll get Dave's thoughts on broadcasting in a tough season, why he loves working in a local market like San Francisco, and even why he quit Twitter. We'll get into all that right after this. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Henry Schulman back with you, and I'm here with Dave Fleming, and it's funny because on this very bench in almost this exact spot, I did a podcast with Dwayne Kuyper during the first series of the, the uh, season here in San Diego, and he started it out by talking about uh, our joint bathroom habits. We're going to try and steer away from that. <laughs> let's let's do that. Let's steer away from that. <laughs> let's start with the fact that uh, everyone knows you work for ESPN uh, on, on the side, and, and yesterday you were in Pittsburgh, so you've already flown across country today. I have. And, and you were in Pittsburgh to see an 18-5 to ball game between the, the Pirates and the Cubs. Um, that's baseball today, isn't it? It was a sort of a classic uh, 2019 team baseball game last night. Home runs, strikeouts, a lot of pitches thrown, bullpens used, a position player pitched. Josh Bell hit three home runs. It was, and I, yeah, I was working with Tim Kirchin last night who is kind of, I don't want to say he's leading the charge, but he's one of the people who's most, he, nobody loves baseball more than Tim Kirchin. Nobody. But he is concerned about the style of play these days and maybe getting a little too skewed towards home run or nothing. And so last night kind of fed into Kirchin's uh, anxieties about the game. Not, I mean, we, we still had a, a fun time and there was a lot to talk about. Josh Bell was great. Brian Reynolds, a former Giants minor leaguer, got a chance to chat with him before the game. Uh, but tonight is my fourth different ballpark in five days. So, Where were you now? So pardon me if I'm a little disoriented. Well, between San Francisco, New York, Pittsburgh, San Diego, all from Friday, Sunday, yesterday, today. Okay. And uh, you were not in London for that 17-13 game. <laughs> I didn't go to London. I went to New York to do the normal Sunday night game, right. Braves-Mets, which was a whole nother story because I got to see, I mean, the Mets are having just an implosion. They, they actually won Sunday night, had a nice win, but it's amazing the chaos around New York right now. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this, but I guess they had a 1969 celebration and they listed an 
in memoriam uh, of all the players from the 69 team who died and they listed two players who were still alive did you see that yes and they were there you know the classic line from everybody or the cliche line from everybody was you know what else can the Mets get wrong these days but uh, that look you can knock them for some weird trades and some moves that have not worked out at all the manager explodes on a reporter last week yeah, had tabloid headlines all over the place in New York that one was just they didn't mean to do that I give them a pass on that it's, it's a terrible mistake but it was an honest mistake yeah and I'm glad the two guys were happy to know they were still alive uh, now I mean we're gonna talk about your Giants career for a minute but um, you just mentioned to me that you talked to Brian Reynolds he was the Giants second round drop draft pick but their first pick in 2015 they lost their first round pick for signing Jeff Samarja uh, and uh, he, he went in the deal uh, for Andrew McCutcheon the Giants got McCutcheon and Brian Reynolds went back to Pittsburgh and uh, Reynolds is having a, a fantastic rookie season uh, for, for them we saw him he actually came up when we were there if, if as I recall correctly uh, what did you guys talk about we talked about his debut against the Giants. We talked about how well he's doing. We talked about how much I think a lot of us with the Giants are pained to look at the box scores and thinking uh, that he should still be a Giant. But he had nothing but nice things to say about the team that gave him his first opportunity. He's a super nice guy, very serious guy. We talked about Vanderbilt some, too, because he and Beattie were teammates. So he was asking me about how Tyler's doing, about how Yastrzemski's doing. Uh, so we had a lot of uh, small talk uh, to get through. And then to watch him play, I mean, as of yesterday, highest rookie batting average, all-time history of the game before the, at the All-Star break. Now, if if yesterday were the day before, now he has to sustain that this week. But if it had ended yesterday, he would set a new major league record for highest rookie batting average before the break. Wow. Well, at the end of Joe the podcast, Dimaggio is number two on the list. So Reynolds and then Dimaggio, like you would expect. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Okay. At the end of the podcast, we'll tell you where to send your cards and letters. <laughs> on this well now I mean, let's get back to you now you you just turned 43 right i did and you this is your 17th season uh, as the full-time broadcaster uh, with the giants nobody believes that do you have any proof whatsoever that you're 43 <laughs> I, yeah, I have a driver's license a legitimate california driver. i get on enough planes i have to show it about every day right and uh, you you probably don't have to wait like uh, two hours at the dmv like us regular people i don't but i will have to i do i will say this like when you start to think back I mean, obviously, you've been here longer than I have covering the Giants. When we think back to those teams in my first years, oh, 2002, 3, 4, that era of Giants baseball, I mean, it does, when you start to actually think about those players and teams, it starts to feel like a long time ago now. And, and you know, it's not that long ago, but uh, for the first time in these last couple of years, to me, that feels like a totally different era of Giants baseball. I always thought that we had this transition of Bonds to Lincecum and then Lincecum carried into Posey and company, and it sort of all bled together. Now it feels like this core group that's still here now is just a totally separate part of Giants history. Right, and you are starting to see some of the sons of players that you've, you've called, uh, and uh, hopefully not grandsons anytime soon, but uh, <laughs> sons. Um, and, and uh, you know, uh, we talked about this when uh, I did a story on you, uh, actually not this past offseason, but the, the year before, um, and and uh, you replaced, I mean, in a, in a roundabout way, you replaced Joe Angel. Uh, and, and Joe Angel actually has retired. Uh, 
Have you talked to him about that lately? You know, I haven't talked to him, and I was hoping, you know, we, we weren't going to get to see him in Baltimore, obviously, because he's not living there anymore. I was hoping at some point this year, maybe, because I think he's back in Northern California. He's in Sacramento. Uh, I was hoping maybe at some point we get a chance to see him. He hasn't uh, come around. Maybe John's texted with him a couple times. Uh, he retired with, I, 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 in a way, I kind of feel bad, although I also admire it. He just retired with very little fanfare, kind of sent a letter to the Orioles, and that was it. He didn't need a big send-off or a party or anything like that. I, I mean, I think he, he went out with a lot of dignity after well, this, a long career. I mean, he had a ton of years in the big leagues. This might be a tough question for you to answer, but I'll ask anyway. You know, uh, Joe never really caught on here in, in the Bay Area for, for some reason, but obviously in Baltimore, I mean, he was beloved. I mean, I think people were heartbroken that he left. Did he have any idea what the maybe different uh, difference was there? Yeah, it's such a good question and a hard question to answer. You know, I, th- I do think there was a part of him that was always associated with John in Baltimore and that older era of the Orioles, which fans nowadays are very nostalgic for there. So I think maybe part of it, he benefited from that. People recognized him, knew him there, had a real positive association. So even when he went to Baltimore after he left the Giants, I think he started off on the right foot. I, you know, I, I've even asked Joe, and he didn't have a good explanation. Like, why didn't it work? He, he grew up in San Francisco. He went to Galileo High School. Hometown kid. Uh, knows all about the Giants' history. Idolized Russ and Lon. Like, there was no good reason why it just wasn't a good fit. But I think it was obvious it wasn't a good fit. He wasn't that happy. The fans weren't that happy with him. It is a as much as those of us who stay in one place for a long time could benefit from the continuity and the attachment that we develop with a fan base, it's still a fickle business. It still can be very, very subjective. And guys that I think are really good, sometimes other people think aren't good. And I I don't think that it was a quality thing. It was just there was something about the fit that wasn't right. And you talk about continuity. I think we're almost at an entire generation of fans who all they have known is um, you and John and Kruk and Kipe. Do you ever think about that kind of continuity of you know the TV group and the radio group together for this long? I don't. I, I I would like somebody to work on that and try to find an answer. Four together have been together continuously as long as we have. Now hopefully we've got a lot more years together and maybe we'll just blow away the record. <laughs> but I would like to know actually whether because I have, partnerships have lasted longer, but but has a group all together been uh, as one? the way we have the answer might be no i mean i do it's funny because i don't consider myself very old still i feel young uh i feel like i'm still kind of in the earlier parts of my giants career but i have kids all the time now all the time like teenagers college students come up to me and say i grew up listening to you you know that's a funny thing that i'm sure you get it too oh yeah i I grew up reading you uh when you still think of yourself as young that is a a hard thing to hear in some ways yeah it, it really really is you you I've even had people come up to me and and say you know uh you know my my dad uh read you when he was small I, that that's the one that drives me insane I haven't had that one yet well no you it'll come it'll come you know um I don't know uh, if if there was any if it was close or anything like that, but I mean, you signed your new contract before this season, and uh, it took a little longer than some of the past contracts. And when I wrote the story, you said, uh, you know, I mean, 
mean, just given where you are age-wise, given that you've had a bit of a higher profile uh, on a national level, that at least you had a little more to think about in terms of whether you were going to come back uh, to the Giants or maybe go in a different direction on a more national level. I mean, was there ever a time where you really thought you might not be coming back? I don't think there was ever a time where I thought I wouldn't be coming back. I do think it was a time where I had to do some deep thinking about how do I prioritize what's most important? Where do I devote? You know, every, all of us have limited amount of time and energy. Uh, and I didn't want to be, you know, I was in a position when I was young, I was just saying yes to everything. And I figured, okay, it's time for me to say no to a few things, to, to pare it down a little bit, concentrate a little with a little bit more focus. So I think that's what, what the delay was. It was more just me sort of trying to think, okay, what do I want the next 10 years to look like? Where do I want to devote most of my time? And it was, it was a little, it took a little bit more finesse this time to figure out because, you know, as you've probably noticed, my partners now here with the Giants are taking some more time off. And rightfully so. I mean, they've been around for a long time uh, and they deserve a little bit extra time off. It's hard when when two of us are gone, our whole system kind of falls apart. So we always try to protect of the, of the four of us, three of us are going to be there for every game. And so it was a little trickier for me with what's going on with those guys to make sure that I could commit to, to being here enough. And I've, I've been here more often this year. I mean, I, I really, uh, I've been around a lot this season and that was deliberate and I want to do that. And next year I'm going to be around even a little bit more, but 10 more games, 10 right? more That's, games yeah. next year. And it, but it did take me like a little bit just to sort through all that stuff. You told me something that really stuck with me. This was a year ago when I came to your house and interviewed you. You said that there was something about being a broadcaster of a local team that appealed to you more than uh, maybe uh, going into a city somewhere and, and doing a game. How would you articulate that? Well, I would say that we have a deep connection to our fans in the job that we do here. Every single day, without exception, every day, in San Francisco where I live, when I go out for a cup of coffee, when I go out with my friends, when I'm just walking the kids to school, when I'm riding my bike, every day people want to come up. They know me. They want to talk ball. They want to ask about the Giants. There is a true, actual connection that makes me feel like and all of us feel like that we're speaking to somebody directly. There's like a real, actual closeness with our audience. The national games, you just don't get that. Now, if you're doing the Super Bowl, I guess you feel like, hey, the world's <laughs> yeah. watching me. But if you're doing even a hype, I do a lot of bigger events now. Uh, it's it's just mercenary work. You're in, you're out. You hardly talk to anybody about that. You you talk to players and, and coaches, but you don't talk to anybody about the actual performance. It's just such a different connection to the people who are watching and listening. It's not even comparable. Well, you know, uh, you know, I it may, might not be totally comparable, but there are times that I do other sports. I'll go cover a basketball game, college hoops, or I'll go cover a 49ers practice, and it's out of my comfort level. Um, and and sometimes I feel it's good to go outside of your comfort level. It sort of, um, you know, it, it helps keep you fresh a little bit. Uh, and I'm just wondering what your comfort level is when you're doing a college football game or uh, you know something outside of baseball. Well, I I am comfortable with all that other stuff now because I've done so much of the other stuff. But I totally agree. It's really 
good for me, whether it's just my brain, like engaging my brain in a different way, keeping me sharper or picking up information. Like last night, uh, I'm not a spy, but when I go in with the Giants, Joe Madden's not inviting me into the office to talk baseball. Last night I go in with Joe, had a great baseball conversation, not stealing stuff from the Cubs, just talking ball. But I don't get that kind of access when I go with the, it's just not the way it works. Those guys are busy. They devote their time in specific ways. Uh, and I say hello to people that I know, but I have more actual interaction when I go do those national games. And even doing the other sports, you get a different perspective on what what a, what an event feels like in a college football stadium. It's just, it's just different and fun, and I like the variety of it. Specifically with baseball, though, I do think it makes me a better Giants broadcaster getting to go around and see these other teams. I come back with not inside information, but I come back with information and a sense of what's going on across the game. Um, and, you know, just, uh, I mean, again, you are young. You're young compared to a lot of guys. But the physical demands of, of doing the national work, you're always somewhere, almost always somewhere on a Monday, and, and you have to come back to the Giants. Uh, and, you know, to, to ask why do you do that, I mean, money is obviously, nobody's going to deny that money is a factor. But um, how do you balance sort of uh, the family life which you have, I mean, you have uh, three children and, and, and a wife and you live in the city. How do you balance, uh, you know, sort of the, the desire to branch out with the fatigue of a season and uh, also wanting to be a family man? Yeah, just as a, for instance, this morning I woke up at 5 a.m. Pittsburgh time. So that's 2 a.m. Pacific time to get on an airplane in Pittsburgh to come here and work this game tonight. So that's, it's, it is a long day for me. And I do have a lot of those. I, I'm not, that is not a complaint, but it's just a reality. I have a lot of those kind of days I just get such a I just love it I do and I just can't imagine not doing it so even though my family does have to make some sacrifices and even though uh, they are super understanding of all that I do and even though the money is definitely a factor it is uh, I wouldn't do it if I didn't really really love it and doing a game with Eduardo and Kirkchen or with David Ross or with whoever it is uh, on college football with Kirk Herbstreet with Jay Billis or Dan Dockich on college hoops. It's just, I love those people. I like being around them. So it's fun for me. And uh, I would have a hard time ever giving that up. Yeah, and uh, they'll just talk a little bit about about the Giants. Now, again, you started full-time, I believe it was 03 or 04, one of those two 04 years. was my first year full-time. 03, I was doing games, but just filling in for Lon, basically. Okay, so you have been through the different eras. You've been through the Bonds era. I seem to recall a, a home run call that, uh, or something or other. <laughs> uh, you've been through the championship yeah. era, obviously. And now you, uh, you've been through one era of four seasons where they didn't win, and now you're going through this era where the team isn't winning. Is it harder this way? Uh, it's not harder, but this is the first year that has felt truly, truly different just from an organizational standpoint. Now, you know, our Giants front office has stayed very stable, uh, and so many of the faces that I see at the ballpark every day off the field are the same. But, and it's a big but, like we have had a giant change in terms of who is in charge here, and we were the one team over my 16 years before this year that hadn't had a change at all. I mean, it was the same people, uh, which is hard to believe, but it's true. Uh, so this is the first year to answer your question that's really felt different. Not That is not better or worse, but we have all noticed a big difference this season. Well, do you find yourself, I mean, there are more. There have been more and more games where the team, you know, just, I mean, five-run first inning and it's pretty much over, where 
where you have to start talking about other things. There have been more games like that. Uh, lately, less so. I mean, the team is... Yeah, they're playing little, okay. They're yeah. playing better now. Uh, I think the biggest challenge for us is the no offense, the, the stretches where the offense goes quiet. It does sort of create a sense, and I'm sure for the players in uniform, it creates a sense of we're playing the same game every day. And that feels less interesting or exciting when it's almost predictable. Now, it hasn't been so predictable lately. I think there was a stretch there, you know, about a third of the way through this season where it just felt like every day at the ballpark we knew what to expect and not in a good way. That makes it a little more challenging for us. Well, now you have a Tyler Austin and an Austin Slater, so that's going to, I mean, that's going to help, right? Kim did like a brain teaser? <laughs> as long as I don't get it mixed up, yeah, sure, it'll help. Uh, now, your specialty in college, as you told me once, was a Homeric poetry. You've never gotten to the point where you've just decided to pull out Homer and start reading him in, in the original Greek during a broadcast. I haven't read Homer in the original Greek. I have maybe diverted into an explanation of why I think the Odyssey was the first baseball broadcast in human. I remember that, yes. So, I mean, every once in a while I'll say something goofy like that and go off on a tangent. I think this is a year where maybe we we do a little bit more about the game as a whole. Maybe we'll talk about stories uh, from other teams a little bit more than we would if the Giants were winning every day and right in the thick of a pennant race. Maybe we have a little bit more. I We always have a sense of humor. Maybe we uh, take ourselves even a little less seriously a year like this. I've had a great year. I have had a really fun season. I'm looking forward to new faces and seeing some new players. I think every time a new guy comes up, whether they succeed or not, it's fascinating to watch it play out. I love that part of it. And so I, I have found this year for me to be very rewarding as long as it's not predictable. And I think lately it hasn't been. Your job and my job are the same. The, the enemy, our enemy isn't losing. Our enemy is boring. Correct. And, uh, you know, I think boring is harsh, but, uh, you know, that's what happens when you're playing the same kind of game, when you're never breaking out of that rut of playing a certain kind of game. And that's where I think the chat, look, and everybody, I, what, what has bothered me most about this season has been the criticism of Farhan for somehow tinkering, that that's been the root cause of some of the Giants' struggles. That's absurd. Like, it's absolutely patently absurd. And I've snapped on a few people, like, if I hear the name Connor Joe again, I'm going to I'm gonna lose it. Because Connor Joe has zero to do with the fact that the Giants are 10 games below 500. Zero. Nothing to do with it. But somehow, people have become fixated on that. It's not just fans. There are other people who are fixated on, we need to, you know, there needs to be more stability. How can the players know what to That is not what has gone on this year. I have really enjoyed it's the right way to do it. If you can't make improvements to the core talent, make improvements on the margins like crazy and just try like heck to make your team a little bit better. Like, how can you not appreciate if you're a Giants fan that we have a guy who is trying to make this team better every single day, even if it's one tiny move at a time as a Giants fan myself who doesn't act like it necessarily on the air, but to somebody who really cares about this franchise, I love that. Well, well said. Um, the uh, batting practice is about to start. Things are getting a little louder here. Dwayne Kuyper has actually, actually come outdoors. So we'll just cut it off there. He's the reason you quit Twitter. <laughs> I did quit Twitter, Henry. Why did you quit Twitter? 
because of you. Why? No, I, <laughs> I got tired of looking at it over and over and over again. It's an addiction. It just is for everybody who has it. You just spin the wheel and you, what's next? And I got tired of it. So I said, I'm not looking at it anymore. I'm sure you have a burner account. Uh, but anyway. I don't look at it. Okay, I, I believe you. you. I, I don't. You. I, I look at it every once in a while for something like, uh, has the Giants lineup been posted or uh, did the Giants sign a draft? Sometimes I use it like I'll search on just the main Twitter page for a news uh, keyword or something. But otherwise, I don't look at it. I'm clueless. All the fights you're having with Giants fans and with Andy and with Homeroom, I, I'm out of it all. I can't wait for that day. <laughs> Dave Fleming, thank Winning. you very so much for joining us. I think you can do it, Henry. You can. We'll, we'll talk again soon. Do another one of these down the road. Look forward to it. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Look for an episode soon where we examine the Giants at the All-Star break. Giants Double Play is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is Editor-in-Chief. If you like this show, please subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a review. You can support Giants Double Play and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. You can find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Hank Shulman, or you can email me at hshulman at sfchronicle.com. Hey, 